Welcome to worship. I'm so glad you're here. I have to tell you guys, I'm a, um, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a very big Bible fan. A very big Bible fan. You would think that's not real. You know what? Maybe it's not surprising because of my profession. But I, uh, I really do like the Bible. And you can really see that in like the um, action figure Bible stories that I do. Um, you've seen those. Um, in uh, Bible Besties that I tell stories with uh, Pastor Lauren who's coming here. We do a podcast about that. I think the Bible is excellent. I tell stories in there. I tell stories to the little kids. I tell stories to you if you'll come to like adult ed and stuff like that. I'll tell you Bible stories till I'm blue in the face because I like them. I think they're good. I think they're rich. I think they're really vivid. Admittedly, I add things sometimes. But it was an oral tradition first, so I take full credit for that, and uh, I'll just rest on that laurel. Um, So today, it feels like a story that we've heard before, which is one about uh, Nicodemus showing up um, in the middle of night to ask Jesus, hey, help me understand this. Help me figure this out. I have to see this. I have to, apparently, talk to him. So this story has this guy Nicodemus coming in the dark to talk to Jesus. I want everyone to pause, and I want you to think about that. That's really glossed over. Nicodemus came in the dark. He came in the dark, like when it was night. Like, he doesn't want people to see him. He doesn't want people to see him. And the first thing he says when he gets there is like, first things first. What is the first thing he says? Does anyone know? Right? We we breeze right through it. We read it. I know you're a teacher of God. I know actually you come from God. Y'all, that is no small thing. He comes in the night to say, I believe you are legit. I believe what you say is unbelievable. It's unreal. Jesus has this way about him. I need to come see it. But in the dark. Come in the dark. I don't want people to see this. And it says that we're not going to see it. That's huge. But why doesn't he want people to see him, even though, even though he believes Jesus is legit? Come on, you can do it. He's a leader. He's a leader. He should know. Jesus is kind of a troublemaker. And his teachings, though, are strange because he's a little bit like a Pharisee. And this is Story, I'm telling you, it's awesome. This is a Pharisee. This is somebody, a teacher, a leader, someone who should agree with lots of what Jesus says, but at times he's like, I don't know about that. But I can't deny, first thing he said, what's the first thing he said? You're of God. Something about you is important, which is a point to remember. Something I... I think is important is that he shows up to talk to Jesus about how legit Jesus is in the dark. Don't look at me. And in a digital age, I think we can kind of relate. Some of us are, cannot relate. See me. Put myself out there. Or other people are like, there is enough of me on the internet. Right? On the digital age, we're very concerned about being seen too much. Pastor Pat's nodding. She's like, did you guys know? I'm sorry, Pat. I have to tell them. Pastor Pat's sermon is one of our most viewed things. Is a little snippet from that. And Pat's going, ugh. 
I'm like, it's good. It's good theology. It's a lot of good teachings, and it's about Jesus. So you have to see this. So people click on it, and people watch it. I want you to imagine, though, the challenge of Pastor Pat and anybody like that who is like, I don't want to be seen. Or worse than that, the way I'm seen is not who I am. The way that I'm perceived is not fair. The way I'm seen is not right, is not correct. I don't know what I am. We have kids who say, who am I? What am I? I don't know. I feel strange. I don't feel like how people see me, but I know I'm expected to look a certain way, to do a certain thing. And I think about that, and I'm struggling with it. And this guy just reminds me of coming there in the night who isn't all that he seems. Because he's a Pharisee, right? It says he's a leader of the people. He is, though, coming to Jesus because something isn't right. Something doesn't work. Something he needs to talk to Jesus about. He's wondering, who is this Jesus? Because if I'm wrong, if I'm missing the mark, I want him to teach me something about him. Helps me, can help me fix what's not right. Then, like a Pharisee, I feel like I kind of understand that. I'm kind of like a Pharisee, too. I feel like people have perceptions about me, that I understand God, that I, I know things. That was actually in a hospital one time. So I was like, well, you're a man of God. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? They ask the question, because I've got to have an answer. Does anyone else feel that way? Sometimes if you are to be so bold as to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. There's a perception about you. There's a belief that you're a certain way. But here it is. We come here. We know the truth. Anyone here, raise your hand if you have it all together. Right. We don't. We don't have it all together. That's why we show up on Sunday to hear this word of Jesus so that we can say to Jesus, Lord, help me. I know you understand, so help me in my unbelief. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you're one of these people who, like Nicodemus, like myself, comes to Jesus and says, show me. Jesus' story is good because there's, it's a really good story. I'm telling you, the Bible is excellent. It actually gives an answer to that question. What is this? Jesus goes to, from that question uh, that he shows up. He's like, I know this. You've you got to help me understand this eternal life thing. And Jesus right away goes into kingdom teaching, kingdom of God. That's right, Pastor Alex is talking about the kingdom of God again. Because Jesus talks about it a lot, and I think we should talk about it a lot. That's what Nicodemus is getting at. This good stuff that Jesus has. I would say what they're seeing in Jesus, what Nicodemus is seeing in Jesus, is that freedom that seems to allow him to teach people the way he does. When people see Jesus, do you know what they say? He teaches as one with authority. He teaches like the Pharisees. He teaches like a teacher. I get it. I've heard this before. But for some reason, there's something about him that he teaches with authority. And I think that's a really powerful thing. I, I think what it is, and I'm going to tell you what it is, is the same thing we know about Jesus, which is that Jesus knows a freedom like nobody else. He knows what it means to be seen and to be okay with that. He knows what it's like to see and to be okay with them, love them anyways. That's a powerful thing. 
So Jesus is not enslaved then to anyone, to anything, to perceptions. Think about that. He is free to love. He is free to offer of himself all those things. Like the wind, he says. The Holy Spirit transforms. It's like the wind. You've experienced the wind, right? Show of hands. You've experienced the wind? Yes. You've felt it. You know it blows this way and that. You don't know where it comes from. Or maybe you do. Great. I'm just saying. At the time, he's like, you don't know where it comes from, but you know it's real. This is like the spirit. This is like that thing that you're talking about that I have. And here it is. Jesus answers. The way the world has been different from the way Jesus is. The way that Jesus is separate. And he gives us this uh, John reading that is on bumper stickers. It's on baseball games. John 3.16, you've heard it before. Yes. Yeah, you've heard it before. But I want you to take a moment and think about what it means that God so loved the world. Loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his son. Oh, and then it goes even further, which that's not often in the 316 part. That's later. He didn't come to judge the world or condemn the world. He came so that the world may be set free. That's that freedom Nicodemus is talking about. That's that experience that Nicodemus is like, what is that I need to know? He's willing to come in the middle of the night. It's one thing to be seen talking to Jesus. It's another thing to be caught sneaking to see him in the dark. He needs to know what this is. And I think you can sum up the condemnation bit to saving bit And a simple thing, we say at this table, we're about to do First Communion for a few kids, all right? All. All means all in God's vocabulary. When we talk about God didn't come to condemn the world, where God came to set the world free, all then means all. All people are welcome to this table, right? See? All people are welcome to this feast. All people will come to this feast. It'll be built on a mountain. There will be well-aged wines. There will be, they'll be drained clear. They're beautiful. There's going to be meat. Oh, great meat. There's, but if you're not into meat, there's great stuff too. There's great stuff for you too. It's good food. And all will have their tear wiped away. Every belly will be filled. In an instant, All will be changed. All means all. And that is good news. It's hard to wrap our heads around this, but undeniably, it's the way of Jesus. It's why Nicodemus shows up in the middle of the night to say, what is it about you? He isn't like us and knows that all means all. There is something noticeably different about Jesus. So the invitation to the followers of Jesus is the same. You come here, you're followers of Jesus, right? We want to imitate Jesus. So should we condemn the world? No, no, we should what? We should be a part of helping the world, saving the world, being a good part of the world. Because if we spend all of our time being a social critic, woof, I get tired. I think you do too. I really do. If we spend all our time critiquing others, that's, a waste of time. Whereas what we hear here is all means all. That God means to save all people. That's good news. Especially for us. 
we, who here sung Amazing Grace? Show of hands. I love this. I'm asking you guys to raise your hands so much. This is great. You guys have sung Amazing Grace. We're Lutherans. We should be into grace. We talk about grace. That was at the beginning. Grace, it's enough. Grace is enough, right? But if we withhold grace from somebody, if we spend that time saying, this grace is for us, and that grace is not available for them because of this sin, it's really not amazing, is it? We sing amazing grace, not this much grace this for me. We say amazing grace. It's enough. We say it's good. We say it's holy. Jesus means all bringing all people. And I have the question for this congregation, are we open to that? Are we open to all means, all? Is this table open? I think we are. So together, I would say the challenge, the invitation is to, you know what? We don't need to show up in the darkness. There are parts of our lives that we're embarrassed about or ashamed about, but leave it behind because you are welcome here. You are called to this table. You are called to this feast of mercy. Together, let's leave that beside, leave that behind and say boldly, God loves you. God loves me. And then if we believe that, we can boldly say, I love you too. I love you. I want this to happen for you. I want good things. All means all. Amen.